Turn over to Proverbs 16 tonight. Proverbs 16 for our scripture reading this evening. Proverbs 16, and we will read the last few verses of this chapter. Proverbs 16, verses 31 through 33. And I want to consider for just a few moments and just make a few uh, expositional comments on these verses. won't be long with this, but to share a couple of things and consider a crown of glory as we read, a crown of glory. Proverbs 16, verse 31, the hoary head is a crown of glory, if it be found in the way of righteousness. He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he that ruleth his spirit, than he that taketh a city. The lot is cast into the lap, but the whole disposing thereof is of the Lord. There are really two interesting subjects that are at play in these few verses. In verse 31, we see a, the uh, subject or the emphasis being placed on what is a crown of glory. And you'll see that with reference to that phrase, a crown of glory, it refers to the hoary head. Now that's, a, that's an interesting word. We don't use that word in our society. I'm not sure I've ever heard anybody in our society use it in everyday language. But it simply means the, the person who is of an advanced age. Uh, more specifically, it means the old gray head. Uh, the person who is old or advanced in age is a crown of glory. Now notice it doesn't just say being old makes it a crown of glory. It says old age is a crown of glory if it be found in the way of righteousness. So there is this concept, this principle here, that the elder years of a person should be the pinnacle of a person's life. In other words, as they've lived their life, they have walked with God, hopefully, they've lived for the Lord, they've raised their families in the admonition, the nurture of the Lord. The hope is, is that by the end of their old age, or to, the, to their age, they have been walking in the way of righteousness. Now, to walk in the way of righteousness is contrasted with walking in habitual sin. Uh, it is not just age that makes person a crown of glory. Uh, sadly, there are people who are of older age uh, who simply have not walked in the way of righteousness. Uh, oftentimes, we think about respecting our elders and respecting older individuals, and we understand that. But the concept that Solomon has here in mind is that it is a crown of glory for someone who's advanced in age who walks in the way of righteousness. I think there's also something to be said here about a believer uh, oftentimes, I have been guilty of this. I've been guilty of looking forward and thinking about uh, advanced age for me. And I've wondered all my life, what's it going to be like when I get to reach those older ages? And it should not be something that is uh, dreaded. It should be something that we look forward to. Uh, we should look forward to it if we're walking in the way of righteousness. There is this picture that when we get to the, the advanced years of our life, if we've walked with God, if we've walked in the right way, God calls that a crown of glory. There really is a beautiful picture that's being demonstrated there. Uh, it is this, uh, this, this way that he walks. Uh, we, we think about those who are older in experience and older in age and 
the, the amount of wisdom that someone who's walked with God all of their life, the amount of biblical wisdom they could provide to someone in their advanced age would be unmatched. Think about somebody who's walked with God all of their life and maybe they reach into their 80s, their 90s. Imagine how much biblical wisdom and experience that older person has. And I think there's there's a lot of important lessons we could park on for a while, but we'll move quickly with this tonight. But I encourage you to think about that. Then verse 32, there is a reference made to being slow to anger. So really two subjects here, advanced age and controlling our anger. Uh, maybe Solomon, as he wrote this, he that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh the city. I was thinking uh, maybe Solomon had meditated on his own father's words. Uh, in First Chronicles 22, verses 7 through 9, uh, David, uh, David had said this to his son. He said, My son, as for me, it was in my mind to build a house under the name of the Lord my God. But the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Thou hast shed blood abundantly. And hast made great wars. Thou shalt not build a house unto my name, because thou hast shed much blood upon the earth in my sight. Behold, a son shall be born to thee who shall be a man of rest, and I will give him rest from all his enemies round about. Uh, there's a bit of a, of a rebuke there that David uh, says that the Lord took away my ability, my opportunity to build a house for him because I had shed blood abundantly. You know, it's an amazing thing that one of the most difficult thing in our life to do uh, is to control and to master our anger. He compares it to, he said, it's, it is he that's slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh the city. Solomon, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, says it's better for a man to control his anger than it is for a, a, a mighty military leader to take over an entire city. It is, it's a much better thing for a man to control his temper and to control your own spirit. Uh, that's a greater skill than being able to command an entire army that captures a city. Now we think about all the pomp and circumstance that goes when a military goes in and conquers a place and we say, what power and what control? God says, no, what's greater than that is being able to control your own spirit. Being able to control your own anger. It's, that is true spiritual. That's truly walking in the way of righteousness. Being able to control our anger. And then the chapter ends with, This verse, the lot is cast into the lap, but the whole disposing thereof is of the Lord. This goes all the way back to when we began looking at this chapter uh, weeks ago. And remember, we looked at this at how uh, we even gave this chapter a title uh, a time back. Man proposes, but God disposes. And we see that everything is in the disposal of the Lord. He does as he pleases. Solomon is writing here that the lot is cast into the lap, but the whole disposing thereof is of the Lord. Nothing happens by chance. However, we do know, scripturally speaking, when there was uh, the inability, even through Scripture, to be able to determine uh, by God's providence or by faith, by prayer, uh, when two choices were needed to be made. We know the principle of the casting of lots, and the casting of lots was allowed and permitted But those casting of lots, remember, even the lots being cast were under the direct care of the Lord so that the correct decision was made. One of the greatest illustrations of that is when they had to replace Judas Iscariot. The casting of the lots 
That was not a random choice that Matthias was the one that the lot fell on. That was part of the disposing of God, even though it appeared to be by chance of the lots. But what we see here is we need to understand that everything and all providences are determined by the Lord's disposing. But I think what I want us to focus on as we kind of finish this chapter up is really thinking about, and I came across what uh, some of you might be familiar with, uh, uh, Ironside, H.A. Ironside. He had this to say about self-mastery and controlling our temper and controlling our anger. He said, self-mastery is the greatest of all victories. Men have subdued kingdoms, but were defeated in the effort to control themselves. A bad temper is often excused on the ground of genetic makeup, but it is rather the evidence of unjudged pride and impatience. Learn of me, said Jesus, for I am meek and lowly in heart. Matthew eleven twenty nine. The meek man is not a spiritless man, but he is slow to anger. He can be righteously stirred when occasion requires, but not when it is, a, when it is his own dignity that is in question. It is generally a sign of weakness when one allows himself to become angry and excited in the face of opposition. And he says, note Nehemiah's calmness of spirit and dependence on God when meeting the irritating sneers and downright opposition of the enemies of Jerusalem. I like what Ironside had to say about that. Self-mastery is the greatest of all victories. And being able to remain calm even in the face of opposition. Easy to do when there's no opposition. Harder to do when there's actually opposition before us. So I hope we'll learn from that tonight as we finish chapter number 16. Well, let's pray tonight and then we'll have another hymn before we get into our exposition from Ephesians tonight. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege that it is to be able to gather tonight. I thank you for each one that is here this evening. I thank you, Father, that you've allowed us this time that has been carved out in our schedule and our calendars to be able to come together to worship in spirit and in truth, to sing these great sound and doctrinal hymns that remind us of who God is and and who the Son is and the Holy Spirit. And Father, I do pray that you'll help us as we study tonight. And Lord, I pray that you'll just continue to open our eyes and give us discernment as to the truth. And Lord, even as we've learned and even this, this brief exposition from Proverbs, Lord, I do pray that you'd give us a desire uh, to control our spirits, to control our temper, uh, to realize that uh, one of the greatest displays of the evidence that we have in, indeed been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ, I believe is in this area of being able to master our emotions and master our, our own uh, temperaments and our spirits. And Lord, we know uh, that can only be done by a work of God. Uh, Lord, man is incapable of controlling even these very things without God's uh, doing it in him. Uh, Lord, I pray that we would be yielded to the Spirit. Uh, Lord, that we would desire to give evidence and be a testimony to those around us. And that, Lord, even when opposition arises and even when we feel as if we're standing alone, may you give us a calm spirit. Uh, may we stand in the Word of God, realizing that all things are at the disposal of your hand. Nothing happens by chance. Nothing happens by, uh, by some sort of random act. It is all working in your sovereignty and according to your providence. 
Lord, I do I thank you for the privilege we have to pray. Lord, we uh, do especially lift Carolyn up to you tonight, Lord, and we certainly, are, our plea and our hope is tonight that she is doing better. We thank you for the mercy that was demonstrated in, in allowing those that needed to get here to help her. Uh, Father, we, we thank you for the, the calmness that you brought to her. We thank you, Lord, for uh, just our people and, and being able to do what was needed. And uh, Lord, we just thank you for all those things. And Lord, we, we, we praise you tonight for our salvation. Lord, I, I pray that you'd help us as we, we study this most important subject of redemption tonight, that we would see the great truths of, of what redemption means, uh, what the purpose of redemption is, where it comes from. And Lord, may we leave here tonight rejoicing uh, because we've been in the house of God with God's people. Uh, Lord, we pray for any uh, unspoken requests tonight, things that may be uh, going on in people's lives that maybe no one knows about. Lord, I just pray that you would just encourage and guide, uh, bring peace and comfort to those situations. Father, we thank you. We praise you for all these things. And it's in Christ's name and for his sake that I do pray. Amen. All right.